Legacy Church, how are you doing? I do want to, uh, I want to give a special thank you to the people y'all really don't see. They're usually the ones farthest away from the, from the stage. But if you see people that serve in this church, I just want you to know that they were here way before the sun came up this morning and have been here since. Thank you for serving our church. Would y'all please open your Bibles to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 3. As Neil said, my name is Michael Benz, and if I have not met you, shake my hand before you leave. Please do. Also, in that conversation with Neil, I sent him a text message. I said, brother, who steals the pastor's truck? Huh? But you know what it does? It gives us an opportunity to pray for somebody. Because the weapons that we fight with ain't of this world. Amen, brother? Huh? They break down strongholds. Amen? You're going to have me preaching a different message today. Keep this up. But you know, even as a family, even as believers in Jesus Christ, we, can, uh, we find ourselves in trials, don't we? Personally, in my life, my biggest trials after came after I was born again. What are, you, what are we supposed to do in those moments? What are we supposed to do when the, 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 the things of this world, we, we, we believe that our God is a creator of all and is almighty. We believe his word is true and powerful. Do you really believe it in your soul is what I'm asking you. Do you believe that? And if so, the trials that come to us on this earth, man, it just puts a big old dent in our hope, don't it? Anybody ever had a dent in their hope? Mm. What, do we, what do we do in times like that? I hope today, if you believe that, I hope today, if you believe that the Lord is almighty, he is your God, I hope today would be one to remind you of who he is. And if you don't believe in my God and the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost, I hope it encourages you today. Book of 2 Kings, chapter 3. I'm going to bring you all up to speed here. So what we have here is we have the king of Israel. His name is Jehoram. Jehoram is, is a little upset, y'all. He's upset because the kingdom of Moab actually was paying a tax to the kingdom of Israel, okay? And when Jehoram's father died, they quit paying this tax. This was a big old tax. And it was pretty common in that day. If, if, if a kingdom would overtake another kingdom, they would have that kingdom pay a tribute back. But after Jehoram's father died, 
they quit paying the tax in rebellion. So Jehoram, he went down to the king of, kingdom of Judah, if you will, and he spoke to their king, Jehoshaphat, and was telling him what was going on. And Jehoshaphat agreed to go with him to Moab to settle the, get things straight, if you will. But typically, the easiest way to get to Moab from Israel was to just go straight across the Jordan, come at them at the northern border. But Jehoram being a pretty, in, the, in this moment, he made a, what I would call an okay decision. He decided he would surprise them from their southern border. But he had to go through the kingdom of Edom to get there. So, well, this is where we're at, guys. Jehoram has gone south to Judah, and he has acquired the companionship of Jehoshaphat, their king. They have traveled down through Edom, and they have acquired the partnership of their king and army as well. So you have three kings and three armies, and as they go down, they're gonna like, make this U-turn and come up against the southern border, okay? So that's where we are. They, they, there is a rebellion that has happened against Israel, and they are going to get things straight. So in, in verse nine, we're gonna start here. It says, so the king of Israel went to the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout route seven days. And there was no water for the army nor for the animals that followed them. So they're already in one fight, right? I mean, they're going to war. But now as they're going to war with Moab, now they got two problems, y'all. They got three kings and three armies with no water. Water's pretty important, right? How often does your Bible refer to water? Think about all the things it's good for and imagine having none of it. You got a problem. And then the king of Israel said, alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. So now Jehoram's blaming God for their situation. Anybody ever blame God for their problems? Oh, no, we don't do that in here? Yeah. I got one of you in the back, and be honest with me. But Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord? Is there not a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire the Lord by him? See, as Jehoram this king, who's upset with them, he goes down, he's got this grand old scheme, he's gonna attack them from the southern border. Now he finds himself in trouble. But as he found himself in trouble with these two other kings, he wants to blame God for his problems. But Jehoshaphat, he says, Jehoram, yeah, we are in trouble. But instead of sitting here blaming God, let's go ask him what's really going on. How easy is it to blame him, y'all? 
Isn't he the one that controls the rain? Don't we praise him for the rain? Isn't he the one who moves heaven and earth? We know the things that he's done. Didn't he part the Red Sea? They believe God can make a way. Why didn't he make a way here? They have a trial. They have a problem. So often in my own life, and I'm sure you in your own, have said to yourself, Lord, what is going on? What happened? Lord, why are you allowing this? My God, change this. Take this away. Lord, give me this. Alas, the Lord has called these three kings together to bring them or deliver them into the hands of Moab, he says. But Jehoshaphat asked for a prophet, didn't he? Jehoshaphat, instead of listening to this, all right, Jehoram, I get it, we got a problem. But instead of you crybabying about it, let's go to God and find out what's really going on. Is there not a prophet that we may inquire of the Lord by him? Jehoram's in a weird place, y'all. Even to the point of this, what is he saying here? What is he saying? The Lord has called these three kings together to deliver us into the hands of Moab. You ever felt like God set you up? Ever felt like God set you up? Maybe you felt that way about your upbringing. Maybe you felt that way at your job. You ever felt like God set you up to fail? Is there not a prophet? One of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. There's a prophet around. One of the servants knows where he's at. Check this out. He knows where he's at because Elisha went with them. They're, guys, they're in Edom. Elisha didn't live there. He's traveling with the armies. So I do want you to see this, that, that, that this, this prophet, this servant of God made himself available. Elisha is here. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. One of the things I want you to recognize, church, is that uh, usually if a king's got an issue, he summons people to come to him, right? Usually the king summons to him to address the situation. But they're in a pretty desperate and dire place here, guys. You know it's bad when the king is going to somebody else to ask for help. That's tough. 
So they find Elisha. But let me say, uh, Elisha kind of does something here that honestly, I think it's pretty funny. Uh, but it's really serious too. So you have three kings, right? Y'all follow along with me, right? We got Jehoram, Jehoshaphat, and the king of Edom. They go before Elisha. They says that the word of the Lord is on him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And then Elisha said to the king of Israel, now you got three kings, but he said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and of and the prophets of your mother. What do I have to do with you? See, Jehoram may not have known about Elisha, but Elisha surely knew about this dude. Okay? They got family history. They have family history, brother. What have I to do with you? See, Elisha wasn't just uh, waiting around for somebody to come to him. So he says, oh, let me bless you. He had something to say to this king. What have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. He's still complaining. He's still blaming God. He's still blaming God going, fix it. He needs a genie. See, the reason why Elisha had issues with this king Jehoram is because he knew who he was. Now, if you were to go, we can find that out if we go back to verse one. And we can find out just who his daddy was. Now, Jehoram, the son of Ahab. Now, he's the son of Ahab, whose wife was Jezebel. If anybody knows about the, 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 the man whose hands he poured water on, his spiritual daddy, Elisha, there was a big war there. His parents bolstered up a whole herd of prophets that would worship Baal and Asherah, killing the prophets of Yahweh. Elisha says, I know where you come from. I know where you come from. I know who your mama and daddy were. What have I to do with you? Go back to them. You don't believe in the true God. You don't believe in the living God. What have I to do with you? See, in today's world, we see people like that. We call them the emergency worshiper. The emergency worshiper. Once you want to blame the Lord... For all of their problems, 
but they sure enough want to show up and get spiritual to fix it. See, one of the things they, the three kings did recognize here is even though they had a physical problem, they had two physical problems. They're in a valley. There's no water. They're going to war. They're going to war. There's no water. They've got two big physical problems. But one thing they did know, Jehoshaphat knew, is they're not a prophet. They needed a spiritual answer for their physical predicament. And sometimes that's true. Jehoram here, he's, he's going to be an emergency worshiper. He's going to show up, to show up when he needs something. Not truly praise Yahweh. Elisha called him on it. Listen to this. He says, And Elisha said to him, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand. He let him know, I am a prophet of Yahweh. I am a servant of the living God. I stand before him. I worship him. You do not. You just want to use God to fix your problem As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely I would not, surely it is that I, if I did not regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. If it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, the godly king of Judah, he wouldn't even have... Uh, Invited him into his presence. So check this out. Now Jehoram, now Jehoram, he is going to get the benefit of the saint. It's good to have good friends, ain't it? Huh? If not for Jehoshaphat, if Jehoshaphat wasn't here, I wouldn't look at you nor see you. So now he is going to receive the favor of a godly man in his life. Let me say, let me go like this, guys. Check this out. I can say all through the scriptures, all through the scriptures, you will see and read where it does tell us that the presence of the righteous affect the condition of the wicked. The presence of the righteous affects condition of the wicked and let me be the first to say hallelujah that the righteous one of heaven and earth affected this wicked man praise you Lord Jesus he's going to receive the benefit of the saint he is going to receive the benefit of the saint so now after Elisha has done called out this king and put him in check with the truth. He didn't give no pound cake fluff, even though I like pound cake. He didn't give no fluff on this thing. He spoke the truth about it. But he said, listen, look, look at what he says here. I would not, if not for Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you or see you. But look what he says here. He says, but now, Bring me a musician. 
bring me a music. Does anybody in the house got a guitar, he said. Anybody in the house got a keyboard, he said. Is Aaron Oney here, he said. Bring me a musician. Elisha called for the musician because they had a pretty tense situation, right? But he knew that if he was to receive a word from the Lord, he needed to change the atmosphere. He knew that if he was to receive a word from the living God that he just proclaimed, that he had to change the atmosphere. He would bring a musician in to settle his own heart. To be quiet. To listen for the small voice. To not hear the complaint, but to receive from God. Bring me a musician and let him play. And then it happened. And then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Hallelujah. You think that's changed, church? We just talked about the same God, the God who does all these things. The hand as the music played. The hand of the Lord came upon him. Why do we even have music in church? Why do we even have music here? See, Elisha knew that to change the atmosphere, you had to welcome the king in the house. When celebrities come into town, don't they play songs? You ever seen a boxer into the ring? Huh? Don't they play a song? Why wouldn't we play a song for the king, amen? See, I, let, let it be, as awesome as it is that you all like it or don't like the music, that's fine. But trust me, it's not for you. It's not for you. It's to welcome the king in the house. We want the presence of a holy God up in here. We want the presence of the righteous to affect the condition of the wicked. It's to welcome the king in the house. And when the music played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. Now check this out. Thus says the Lord. See, thus says the Lord. He's getting ready. Now, now God is getting ready to give these people something personal, right? See, they didn't need another sermon in their life. They didn't need another general preached truth. They needed a living word from the living God to speak in their personal situation, right? Into their personal situation. They needed a specific word from God to them. They needed a rhema word, not another general preach truth. So when we come up in here and the music is playing, that's the time to change the atmosphere. Because sometimes when we come up in here, you just don't need another sermon in your life. Don't just show up here for the sermon. Show up here to get a word from the Lord. To speak into your trials that we were talking about. Sometimes we need a holy God to speak into your life. And to welcome the Holy Spirit in here See, he's welcome in the room. This place is prayed over, y'all. 
He's welcome in the room. But that's the opportunity where you can welcome him again into your heart to minister to you. Thus says the Lord. Make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall see no wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be full of water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. So Lord just said, hold on. So we're already in a valley. We're already in trouble. We're already in the valley. They're in a low place. And sometimes you yourself may be in a low place. God said, grab your shovel. Dig ditches. Hold on. We need, we need water. We're already at the bottom. And you want us to dig deeper into our problem? Yeah. And even with that, you said we're not going to see any wind or rain. There's not going to be no rain, and we're going to have water. Yeah. Thus says the Lord. Dig ditches. Dig the ditches. They will be full of water. Everyone and everything is going to drink, he said. Now watch this one. How does that sound, guys? Have you ever been in a situation? In the, what you, you want to get out of there. Lord, get me out of here. And the word you get is dig deeper into it. Lord, I'm already battling with depression. That's as low as I can get, and you want me to go deeper? Lord God, my child has gone wayward. I need you to get him out of there, and you want me to dig deeper? Thank you, Lord, into them. Yes. Dig ditches. Dig deeper, says the Lord. And if you dig to the bottom, he will thank you, Lord. He will fill it up, he said. He will fill it up. Everything is going to drink. And not only that, and Elisha said in verse 18, he says, and this is a simple matter. In the sight of the Lord. Not only is he going to do the impossible, but for our God, it's easy. Amen. Let it be a reminder that it's easy for our God, but he wants you to act in faith. He wants you to dig a ditch so he can fill it up. He wants you to dig your ditch so he can fill it up. Dig down. Dig and he will fill it up. And he also delivered, oh, thank you, Jesus. And he also delivered 
the, Moab, the Moabites into his hand. And they shall attack every fortified city, a choice city, and they shall cut down every good tree, and they shall stop up every spring and ruin every good piece of land with a stone. Now listen, guys. That's that. That's what he told these kings to do. Go and dig ditches. If you dig down in your problem, I will fill it up. And it happened in the morning that when the grain offering was offered, they went and dug ditches. They were faithful to listen to the Lord. And they acted as if they believed what God said. They dug ditches. And then they made an offering. They made an offering. They acted in faith and they made an offering unto God. These things don't change, church. We act in faith and make an offering unto the Lord. The water shows up. And it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by the way of Edom. He sent it from behind them. They've already been through there. They already know it won't no water there. Huh? He sent the water from their past. Amen? That's my God. He sent the water from yesterday's travels to fill up today. Because that's who my God is. The water came by the way of Edom. And the water, or the land was filled with water. He filled up every ditch they dug. Every ditch they dug, no more, no less. He filled up all the faith they showed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to a God who fills it up. And not only will he fill it up, it's a simple matter. It's a simple matter to our God. What trials do you have in your life, church? What trials is in your personal life, church? Is it one that you need more than a sermon for? Your answer that you're looking for, you keep trying, you keep trying. I'm just saying you're not trying, y'all. I'm not saying you're not struggling with things. But how easy can we say, alas, God has set me up. We need good friends. We need family. We need family to remind us that we don't act like the rest of the world. You want to get in touch with our God? It's time to worship. Hallelujah. It's time to worship. When they worshiped the Lord, they worshiped him in music, then they worshiped him in seeking him out through the prophet, then they worshiped him by acting in faith and making an offering. And our God was able to fill that ditch, wasn't he? He used their problem. He used their physical problem 
to give them a spiritual answer. Let those be the reminders today, church. Let that be the reminders of the trials that we go through today. Maybe sometimes we need to get there early. We need to let the music play. And we need to let the atmosphere change around us, amen? We need to let the atmosphere change around us so when the music plays, the hand of the Lord may come upon you. The word of the Holy Ghost will show up inside your heart and soul. And as the Lord puts you of something in your path of faith, just know for him, it's a simple matter. That's why I love verses like Ephesians 3.20 that would say, now unto him who is able. Now let me preach this to you and proclaim it now. Now unto him, now unto him the Father. Now unto him Jesus Christ the Son, amen. Now unto him the Holy Ghost, amen. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all which you can ask or think according to the power that is at work in us. Us is the church. Us is the church. Worship team, y'all wanna join me up here? I didn't find a break for this. Y'all just gonna have to come on and get in and we gonna keep on rolling here. Now unto him who is able. Now unto him who is able to save and pay for every sin with his blood. For now unto him who is able to heal us by his stripes, brother. By his stripes we are here. Now unto him who is able to redeem the worst of wicked men. This past weekend, I went to North Carolina because you know what? I went to see my spiritual father. Elisha spoke about his, right? Elijah, I went and see my spiritual father. He's coming up here at the beginning of October. And we are going to celebrate. I went down there because he preached a, a student sermon at the Bible college me and him are a part of. Now unto him who is able. Let me tell you, man's got over 130 felonies on his record. And he's welcomed back into prisons to share the gospel of people. Now unto him who is able to make those things happen. Now, unto him who is able to take a man like that off a dope to where he disciples men and makes them soldiers for the cross. Now, unto him who is able to remove. Now, unto him who is able to break through, to break the chain, to fill up your ditch. Now, unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all what you can ask or think. They had to let the music play. They had to make an offering. What do you have? What is your trial that you have, church? They made an offering. You make an offering on an altar. There's worship there. See, there's times now we need to start tearing down stages and rebuilding the altar and worship Yahweh. We need to worship the holy God and you will see breakthrough in your life. If there's something that you are holding on to 
and you want to give it to him who is able. If you're ready to address your ditches, Neil said we're family. You call it a carpet. Before the Lord, this would be an altar of hearts. You can come up here and there will be family to meet you up here with shovels. And we will help you dig your ditch. We'll do it together. You need breakthrough in your life and you believe in your heart that he is able. Do you believe the blood is enough? You really think your trial is greater than the blood of the lamb? Don't let that lie hold you there. My God, the same, that, that blood's still saving souls, amen? You need breakthrough in your life as this next song plays. I'll be here, and I know I won't be the only one here because I know my family will be right here praying for you. Bring it to the altar. Let's ask the Lord together what we need to do. Dig down in, and in this altar, in the morning, allow him to fill you up.